0: Good morning um today we're going to be talking about childhood and the idea that childhood is a social construct so this is a revision um, podcast for year 12. um who wants to understand a little bit more about um, childhood so childhood then is partially a social construct so sociologists say that it is not only a biological stage of development but a social construct as well and the idea of how children are different from adults in their values behavior and attitudes isn't the same everywhere in the world it's been said that it ha- that it is, um, but it's not a universal stage. So different societies have different ages of children, and the different culture surrounding childhood means that children are treated in very, very different ways depending on where you are in the world. An example of how childhood has, has changed over the past hundred years. Um you can look at Britain and how um children now leave education at 18. So it's changed from twelve to eighteen, okay? So it, Previously, children would leave the school quite young, would go into work, and they would be economic um, contributors. They would contribute to the household from the age of 12, and obviously now that's pushed right back to 18, um, most recently in 2015, when it increased from 16 to 18. So the minimum legal age for marriage in Britain rose to 16 in 1929, and before that, girls could be married at 12 and boys at 14, um, even though they needed parental permission. So effectively, then, the age at which childhood ends and adulthood begins has moved in line with social attitudes. So Jane Pilcher, 1995, highlighted the separateness of childhood from other life phases. Children have different rights and duties from adults and are regulated and protected by special laws. Okay, then we look at Ares. So he's probably the most famous sociologist when you're looking at childhood. So Philip Ares, or Philip Ares, depending on... I like to say it. So he looked at paintings in 1962 and he said that the concept of childhood in Western Europe had only existed in the last 300 years. And before that, in medieval society, children took on the role of an adult as soon as they were physically able to do so. So he said that children in medieval paintings look like mini adults. So with industrialization, social attitudes changed and people began to value their children as needing specialised care and nutrition and nurturing environments were needed to be provided for these children. So the importance of a child reinforced the importance of the role of a housewife and it was a housewife's job to look after them children. So children reinforced that kind of um, motherly role on women. So he calls this the cult of childhood and he refers to it um, as being something that first developed in the middle classes and over time has um, has been adopted by the working class. So Airy's work is, is important, it's valued, it's quite a strong um, idea. He looked at paintings, he tried to evaluate the position of, of children during that time and even though um we look at it and we kind of understand where it comes from it can be critiqued so pollock 1983 says the heiress's work looks weak because it only looks at paintings for the main evidence okay so actually critique of areas doesn't really study a lot of things he studies paintings which are usually the people who would afford them and then you know it's always a special time when you was painted in the old days so you need to dress correctly you put on a show doesn't really paint a picture of everyday life, so it's hard to kind of gain a proper understanding from that, according to Pollock. So, functionists then, see position of children in society as a sign of progress. So Shorter 1975 makes the march of progress argument. So society has a functional need for better educated citizens and lower infant mortality rates. So so school leaving ages have gone up and child protection has improved and this means that the current position of children has resulted in positive progression from the past. So we are seeing positive changes for children from where they were previously. Okay, then we kind of discussed in class and we did a bit of a debate on, you know, children have never had it so good. And society has become more child-centred. So Don Zolot, 1977, has observed theories of child development changed in the 19th century. Um, And he began to argue that children needed to be protected and supervised during this time. So there was a culture shift in society and we tended to say, okay, well, children are really valued. We need to nurture them. We need to protect them. We need to look after them. And he linked this, so Don's not linked this, with growing medical interest in childhood development. So as we learned more about childhood as a biological stage, it shifted how we viewed it in society. Um, Infant mortality dramatically decreased in the 20th century. So in 1901, just over 150 children aged under one died per 1,000 children. But in 2012, this rate had fallen to 3.9 deaths per 1,000 children. Okay. Families are getting smaller because of the lower infant mortality rates, among other reasons but more attention is devoted to each child so people tend to have fewer children so they can devote more of their attention and children are very costly so people tend to um, view them as having cost a lot and spend a lot of their time and income on them and families are very child centred. So, in the West, we tend to protect children through, through different laws. So, children are subject to laws that restrict their sexual behaviour, their access to alcohol, tobacco, the amount of paid work they can perform. Um, and these acts, you know, are in addition to the laws that affect adults, but we tend to try and protect children before the law. So, children come first, they're protected. They need to be shielded from the horrors in society. So children were offered additional protect, te- protection Sorry, by the Children's Act 1989 which allowed them to be taken away from their parents by the state if judges um, deemed the parents to be incapable or unsuitable. So you have to really care about the child, you have to perform the functions correctly you know. and if not the child can be taken away. So it kind of reaffirmed in law really how um, valuable children were. Okay, There are some um, bodies of thought that view children as being oppressed in society. So child liberationists believe that society oppresses children. So one of them that you can use is Diana Gittens, 1985, who argues that there's an age patriarchy with adults maintaining authority over children. And they achieved this by using enforced dependency through protection from paid employment, legal controls over what children can and can't do, and in extreme cases, abuse and neglect. Okay, and Hockey and James, 1993, also note that childhood was a stage in which most children wished to escape from and which many resented. So children are treated differently in different cultures and so WAG 1992 argues that the construction of childhood varies across different historical and cultural societies. And because of these cross-cultural differences, children are not always seen as vulnerable and can have a similar status to adults. PUNCH 2001 found that children growing up in the countryside in Bolivia were given responsibilities to work and perform at the age of five. So this contrasts with Western authorities towards child labour that have developed since industrialization. So children in less industrialized societies then are often treated differently to children living in Western societies. Um, and some argue, and some ideas, sorry, of Western childhood are protected, but some would argue that childhood is better when they're not protected, like the child liberationists, because the children are more free, whereas living in the West offers some protection and some a nourishing environment for children. So it's completely, it's a, it's a debate that's quite open um in sociology so british society today then is more child focused than ever so children are now recognized as having a unique set of human rights and the united nations convention on the rights of a child was ratified in 1990 by all un members except for the usa and somalia Um, So in Britain, the Child Support Act 1991 established the child support agency and this gave children the legal right to be financially supported by their parents, whether the parents were living with the child or not. Okay, so it also made the courts have to ask for the child's point of view in custody cases and take the child's view into consideration, which was very significant. Okay, very significant. So just a few um, bullet points that I've made regarding childhood um, that might refresh your knowledge of some things you've covered in class. So Neil Postman, 1994, believes that childhood is disappearing. So I think we talked about Postman quite a lot because I put Postman Pat on the slides. Um, children grow up very quickly, experiencing things only available to adults in the past. And this shift is due to print and literacy culture to visual culture. So the change from reading to the change to television has meant that adults and children consume the same kind of media and the same kind of knowledge. So actually, they're, they're you know, they're getting similar in terms of intelligence. Nick Lee, 2005, disagrees with Postman and he argues that childhood has become an ambiguous era, but argues that parents have financial control and children can only spend as much time as their parents allow. So the paradox of children is one of dependence and independence at the same time.